Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, Moderna has announced that their coronavirus vaccine trial shows promising early results. Eight test subjects demonstrated that it is safe and effective as a way to increase immunity against the coronavirus without major side effects. Uh, So that has resulted in part in a rally in the stock market. People are all abuzz. I don't know. I don't trust a lot of these uh, uh, data. Whose company is that? Is that the Bill Gates? I think it's a standalone company. uh, Bill Gates, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't really investigate the company very much. But from my memory, Bill Gates has invested in that. But I think he's probably invested in everything. They've been in the news a lot. They're one of the front runners with Gilead and the other ones. Yeah, Gilead. So a couple of things about the vaccines. One is... Oh, the Inovio thing, that that gene editing nanotech stuff for this new way of of administering a virus where it actually goes in and messes with your genes. Those things can be lipid-based. They're not like necessarily little robots, but they're just so tiny. They can make the the molecules so tiny they can permeate membranes they would not otherwise be able to permeate. So you can do with transdermal patches and weird stuff like that. But uh, but I, I was listening to the Infectious Myth podcast with David Crow, who we've had a, a conversation with, which was great. And I thought I heard this. And then he has such a comprehensive set of show notes. He basically has the script of his podcast and all the footnotes. It's amazing. So when I heard something on his podcast, I went to his site and found the footnote 24. And it was uh, it seemed to support what I thought he was saying, which was that they had in one country, I think the Netherlands, they had tests, uh, they had blood samples from before the coronavirus outbreak, like two-year-old blood samples. And they tested that for antibodies, and they found that 14% of that blood had COVID antibodies in it. Oh, really? So yeah, I actually tweeted to him to make sure I was understanding correctly what he was saying and what the study was saying. But my assumption is that the that the antibody test is just so broad that all other related coronaviruses might trigger them as a positive or just just there it's so inaccurate that 14% would be a false positive i don't know but it certainly makes me think that there isn't and the the study was like yeah don't get your hopes up for antibody testing Solving your problem. Yeah, when I first read about the Manhattan like project, <laughs> yeah. the Operation Warp Speed about three weeks ago, in that it, it said that the people involved in that thought that antibody testing was the worst idea they've ever heard and that it won't work at all ever. That's the Any conclusion they given? came. I'm sure it didn't give didn't go in, in depth there, but it just they thought it was a joke as an idea. Hmm. And I've heard, I started to hear more and more of that, that antibody testing doesn't work. And now we're starting to hear it's only 50% accurate. We don't know. Even if you test negative, you're probably still positive. So there's like no way you can ever test negative for this thing, apparently. Hmm. And antibody sounds like it would be pretty small and kind of rather dormant. If you could test for every antibody in your body, like imagine how many antibodies you have for all the illnesses that you've been exposed to. It's a lot of antibodies. I would think so. Yeah. So 
I mean, I imagine they're super tiny and totally dormant most of the time. Yeah. But if they're going to figure out how to coax them to the surface, more power to them. So, yeah, what was this? I found I heard something scary today on Fox about the head of uh, or South Korea's moon. I don't know if he's their health guy or their president, but he was in on that health that virtual health symposium or whatever. What was that called? Yeah, the world. There was a World Health Assembly today, the seventy third one, that was, and it was held virtually today and tomorrow. And at it, there more than a hundred countries called on the World Health Organization to do an independent evaluation into the COVID nineteen pandemic and its origins. Now they need two thirds of the members to vote yes uh, to get on board with it, and then they will push it through tomorrow. So I think they were at like a hundred and ten last I checked. And I think they need 123 countries total. The interesting thing about it is that the United States is not on board with it. We have not signed it. China, who hasn't signed it, has pledged a billion dollars towards it as long as the World Health Organization is to conduct the global investigation, as China put it. And I think this is interesting because if this investigation is done, especially if China's pledging a billion dollars towards it and the World Health Organization is leading it, I think it's a possibility that a conclusion could be drawn that blames us because there's this blame game going on between the United States and China right now. And whether it's us or whether it's China that ends up getting blamed, and I doubt it'll be China if they're pledging a billion dollars towards getting this done, I think this could be some sort of trigger to that Cold War, hot war that we've been talking about. Well... Some of the other stuff that happened in that meeting and the coverage that I saw of it may play into that. Certainly, uh, it could evolve into a really tense situation. This guy, Moon, said that the World Health Organization should have the ability to use binding legal force to enforce health regulations. He wants the World Health Organization to have updated health regulations, and he wants that augmented with binding legal force. Give it some teeth, they said. And for me, and and the article that I read pointed out that the World Health Organization cannot enter a country without that country's permission at this point. So that seems like foreshadowing of real tension between the nation states and this emerging health world government. And I just want to direct people, maybe time to reread. I've read it probably five times already anyway, because it's so short. But the report from Iron Mountain, which emphasizes the importance of having a worldwide crisis if you want to justify world government. And they suggest a worldwide environmental crisis, although they uh, rule out the possibility of wide-scale pollution because it could be detected that it was a false flag and they didn't want to do that. So I always thought the climate change thing was probably fit the bill for those guys. But th- this would too, a-, a health thing that doesn't, you know, a germ that doesn't respect borders. You said binding legal force. Yeah, they didn't. he didn't go into it. Okay. That he just made me think of what, what Dursowicz was. Like, did you hear Dursowicz talking? recently in some interview. I can't remember what network it was with, but he was talking about how people can't think that they're, they're not going to be forced to get this vaccine. If you, if wow. the vaccine... Was he in favor of it? Oh, he's absolutely in favor of it. He's saying oh, if this God. was something that could just hurt yourself, then maybe you could say, no, you don't want it. But this is something that could hurt everybody. So yeah, you're going to get the vaccine. That's basically what he was saying. Well... Somebody, uh, several people tweeted to me a little write up of exactly what I was hoping for. 
a person had signed up and took the training to be a uh contact tracer. Yeah, I was I thought it was like a social compliance officer. No, yeah. it was a contact tracer. And the contact tracer, she said that that when this thing rolls out, they are going to go to your house. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but it it seemed like that's where things would be headed and I and I was then made me recall the Reason magazine article I read and talked about here a few weeks ago about smart quarantining where they will come to your house and take you away if you consider if you're known to be positive or you're in a high risk category. I mean, that that is where this seems to be headed. And because they're at the same time allowing this dialectic to emerge where a, a real I was thinking about this, like how Republicans and Democrats are left and right, however you want to do it, are breaking, shaking out this way. So they're allowing the right to emerge as the resistors. So it's not like they really, I think, want compliance. I think they want conflict and they want non-compliance so they can have all these other problems, all these other policies remain in place indefinitely. But I also thought that by that there was perhaps a possibility that they would get even less than 50% buy into this whole nonsense. So by making it dialectical like that, they have gotten the left who would be more prone to kind of following orders like this. You can see it's New York and California, the places that people aren't really, they're complaining somewhat, but the measures have been draconian that they then get like all Democrats, basically anybody who empathizes with Democrats, anybody who would hate Trump, any of that will will comply like that virtue signaling thing they absolutely will not think for themselves at this point and so you get probably more than 50 percent compliance that you never would have gotten perhaps if you hadn't made it adversarial that's interesting that that makes me think there's definitely going to be some sort of band or stamp like we've talked about before or heard about before when it comes to getting the vaccine. Not only do you have to get the vaccine, you have to have a way of virtue signaling that you got it so you can show which side you Vax-tat. stand on. Yeah, the Vax tag. So absolutely. Vax-tat. Vax-tat. There you go. Vax-tat. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a necessary aspect of it because how else are you going to showcase to the world which side you're on? Right. And I did want to debunk something. It always feels like I'm peddling conspiracy theories. I'm never peddling conspiracy theories. I'm just trying to get to the truth. And there is one thing that was brought to my attention a few times that the CARES Act was introduced to Congress in January, on January 24th, 2019. So I did some investigating, went to the Wayback Machine or the history in the congressional record. And although they do use the same tag and it is has emerged or morphed from a healthcare middle class tax benefit relief or whatever bill that was written and proposed back then and actually passed the House and entered the Senate logs, it seems to me to be rather benign compared to the CARES Act. It was going to have like almost a trillion dollars, maybe $800 billion worth of spending just from some summaries I've read. But it really did not seem to be the smoking gun like they saw this coming. It seemed to be an Obamacare fix. Now, I didn't go and read the bill. I just read what I could find, which is abstract summaries and stuff like that. But I do think, seems to me first pass that it was so different from that act that it isn't quite a total smoking gun. Although things like the digital currency, I was listening to James Evan Plato say that on James Corbett, that they did have that digital currency. 
he suspects it's pretty obvious that they had that in the a lot of the stuff had to have been in the wings that's in the cares act because it was complicated and it kind of emerged very rapidly but i didn't see it in that act okay so there was more protest over the weekend in brunswick and Mm -hmm. the content of the protest is not my concern i know that's a lot of people's concern my concern about it is this the thing that bothers me about it is this i looked at the picture of these people who were protesting in brunswick they're protesting the the shooting and everything that went on down there with with aubrey and they were standing arm to arm arms locked short sleeve shirts on some wearing mask many not wearing mask all touching each other everyone touching each other nowhere in the article was there a mention of the coronavirus nowhere and that is kind of baffling if you really set aside the emotional aspect of that story and look at that in context with the way they've been reporting everything if you are a protester standing locked arms with a hundred other people in Michigan, and you're protesting the shutdown, you're an anti-shutdown protester, and you're not wearing a mask, then you have been basically branded a terrorist who Mm -hmm. is going to be responsible for Mm -hmm. spreading this disease across the country and killing many Americans. That's how they're branded. Yet the exact same thing goes on when it comes to the physical aspect of protesting, not the content, the the physical aspect of it. Yet nobody cares. No one cares. If we were physically protesting... Asserting our First Amendment rights like that? Yeah. That's the only way. Could you way imagine? That the, yeah. You would be a Nazi. You're right. The, the coronavirus only affects people who are protesting the shutdown. Apparently, it just avoids everyone else. To me, this shows that this whole narrative is just bullshit. I, what, what narrative? That if you go out and protest, you're going to kill everybody by spreading the disease. Because right, if they right. truly cared about that, then they would oh. be telling these people not to do that as well. Well, I think the whole thing is well anyway. But the but the Arbery thing I did want to say, I I think you're probably right that the McMichaels are gonna get away with it because I just saw a headline today and I was like, this does not make sense. So they said they were gonna come back come out with another with a four minute video of the whole thing of the a bigger clip of the shooting, which I so now I understand what you're saying. I did expect a longer one, but I figured it would be part of the original one. And maybe it is. I don't know. But I knew there would be more of that for sure. I didn't think it was going to be a different angle and it might be and it might not be. But what I found interesting is we were talking a bit back and forth and doing some research on why exactly did this thing come out? So the lawyer had said he put out this 30 second video to help the McMichaels, whom he had been talking to about possibly representing them, although he was not their lawyer at that time. And this was after they had been questioned by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So just so you know what the timeline is, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said they were not formally asked to investigate until that day that the that the video was released, but they must have been investigating because they were talking to the guy, according to an article I read. Yeah, that's a misconception. People think it was just in the books and closed, and then that video came out. No, no you pointed out right away, the investigation was still ongoing. Right. And then, but today, the guy comes out, McMichaels, and said that he authorized or intended to release that 30-second video because he thought it made him and his son look good. And I would just say this, anyone who has any contact at all with a lawyer, it's been months of investigation. It brought in the, 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 uh, GBI and ultimately the FBI. It, any lawyer, including the guy who said he released this and kind of regrets it or whatever, any lawyer 
who would allow that, I would think, would be subject to serious malpractice. I mean, it's enough to throw the case out, I think, to have that kind of prejudicial information out there. Who would do that? You know, you're just supposed to keep your mouth shut when you're in trouble like that. You don't go ahead, take the stand. You don't, you just keep your mouth shut. You see yeah. how it's going. You see how the prosecutor's case is going. And why would he care what the public thought? Nobody even knew about it until he released the video. That's what makes me think that yeah. this narrative is being crafted from behind the scenes, that the incident was authentic, but that the narrative is being crafted. And how do you get someone like that to go along with that narrative? I assume it's like you get all these guys to get along with it. Don't worry, buddy. You're not going to have to serve time. I feel like Flynn, Manafort, everybody I ever hear, Epstein, Weinstein, you know, Epstein's not in jail. So <laughs> he may be dead. He may not be dead, but he's not in jail. Yeah. And and, uh, and that uh, these guys know what they're doing and they play along and they know ultimately they're not going to get Ross Ulbricht or Bill Cosby. Yeah, I think they don't even have to play along. I think you can just convince them they're not going to go to jail and this is the best choice you can make for evidence-wise. Oh, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just give them bad advice. But then some lawyer should get a hold of him and say, hey, you need to sue the lawyer who gave you that advice. Unless he gets off, like you said, unless nothing happens to right. him. So, And I, these guys don't take me as the type of guys that keep their mouth shut. They take me as the type of guys that are probably cantankerous and probably but think they, that they... But they were. They, they were, were keeping their mouth I, shut. I never heard of any, any any of this. I never even heard of the story before they released that video. Had you? I had. Well, I had not heard of it, but when I went back and did research, there was articles that yeah. very similar to the articles we have up through April, up through May. So and, the articles were out there. It just wasn't getting national attention in the media until that video came out. Right. There's a Maryland seafood pub that is doing something that you suggested, and I'll tell you what they're doing, actually, <laughs> right after this break from our sponsor. What's up, guys? With everything going on in the world right now, it couldn't be a better time to grow your own food. Or if you're like me, to learn how to grow your own food. Something that I've wanted to learn how to do for a long, long time because I want to learn how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's why I'm thrilled to have found Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, one of the most welcoming, friendly, and truly helpful places that I have ever been to in my life. They offer affordable, high-quality garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of, and they got it. And they got it at affordable prices that the big box stores cannot compete with. And the best part about it is that they're locally owned by a fantastic group of folks who are happy to answer any growing or planting questions that you may have. It's the kind of personalized customer service that a beginner like me needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Neighbors Feed and Seed. I would hang out there all the time if I could. They would have to kick me out, which they wouldn't do because they're too welcoming and friendly to do it. It's that kind of place, and you can feel it as soon as you walk through the door. So if you are in the Smyrna area, go to Neighbors Feed and Seed. I promise you, you will thank me later. Maybe I'll see you there. In the meantime... You can check out their website at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. That's NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Or if you have any questions, give them a call at 678-653-8838. That's 678-653-8838. And make sure you tell them that the Propaganda Report sent you. Okay, I was telling you about a Maryland seafood pub that is doing something you suggested a few weeks ago. Bargoers are flocking in giant numbers to this bar, and they are wearing giant inner tubes that are <laughs> blown up. So it's like they're going whitewater rafting, oh gosh, except they're walking so, around. So hilarious. It's like bumper I'm people. I'm telling you, 
it's like I when we first came out with the masks and everything, I thought, when is the governor going to tell us to hop on one foot? Like, we will do whatever <laughs> they tell us to do. Now they're having us wear silly inner tubes, yeah. which I was kind of joking. It looks you know? ridiculous. It looks like it'd be fun for a few <laughs> minutes, but how are people going to get to the bathroom? How are people going to get to the bar? It's got to be a logistical nightmare. Well, when it's really hot out, you can you want to just stand in a pool and you have your inner tube. That would be fine. It's it's really nuts that they're not letting people swim in the oceans. I mean, the oceans they have sea mist and salt water, and it's it seems beyond comprehension that you're going to get. I don't know. Yet in other places, they're opening pools. Yet you can't swim in oceans. Well, a pool is different, I think. The chlorine. A pool, I think you could get. Well, because it, you can. It's not a lot of mist and movement, and you could interact. I don't. I'm not afraid of it at all. But I'm just saying, even if you wanted to use some kind of logic, I would think the ocean, man. I can barely survive in the ocean. Yeah, I think they said there was a maybe it was an Ebola outbreak or something. Not Ebola. It was something that. Some kid used the bathroom Ebola. in a pool and ended up getting everybody in the pool sick or something yeah. like that. Ebola years supposedly ago. makes your organs melt. So that's, I think that's a little different. It's a blood disease, if yeah. I understand correctly. Yeah, that's no So fun. let's talk about... One, one more thing to that. I think it's Trump's Mar-a-Lago where they are relaxing the social distancing measures to include jacuzzis as long as you are practicing six feet of oh. separation. Jacuzzis are disgusting, jacuzzi? but six and feet... <laughs> How big is a jacuzzi? I, that's what I. That's what I'm wondering. I guess down there it's bigger, but those things that are makes gross me anyway. Want to vomit. Like I literally am sick at the thought of. It's I mean, jacuzzis disgusting. are disgusting anyway. It's so like, gross. Yeah. I mean, you could use your own, but. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm with you on this one. That is the one I am absolutely with you. Those are germs that I want nothing to yeah, do me with. Me either. I told my kids I wasn't afraid of germs. Like, what are you talking about? You tell us to wash your hands all the time. Like, ah. <laughs> I don't care anymore. But um, yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah. So maybe Mar-a-Lago will be ground zero. Wouldn't that be hilarious? The Mar yeah. Hilarious. So I do think that we should. They, somebody, Stacey Abrams. Three different articles I ran across. This Did you see the picture? Oh, her silhouette. My sister. I showed it to my sister, and she didn't have her glasses on. And she said, "Who is that? Jesus?" And I said, "No, it's Stacey Abrams." <laughs> they used to do that with Obama too. It always looked like he had a halo on. Yeah. But one of the things was she was telling how much longer it takes to vote by mail and all the problems that might happen and blah blah blah. And I just cannot get away from that clip you played in the propaganda report proper that indicated there would be martial law in the 2020 by the time we had a 2020 election they said it was about the russia thing but it might be the coronavirus that i mean well i guess we are under martial law in a in a way but to see it actually get tied to the election i think that is going to accelerate and maybe the arbory case is the is the the trigger yeah yeah that that could trigger a lot coming down the line right up before the election that is it's going to be interesting and maybe even scary to follow. So we'll see what happens with that. They also compared Stacey Abrams to a supermodel in the Washington Post article by the way she enters and commands a room and stops and pivots and everybody's eyes are on her. Stacey Abrams is a lot of things. Executioners do that too. Yeah. You ever see a guy like an executioner? That's a better comparison <laughs> than a supermodel. That's a huge guy with an axe. Like, mm. Yeah. But if <laughs> Look you. At that. Right. So they're just setting people up those bait too because. 
because obviously people are going to react in a way against Stacey Abrams, a supermodel. Those two words don't belong in the same sentence. But then you're, you're weight shaming, you're body shaming. Because they have those Sports Illustrated cover profiles now where it's like someone who is obese on, on the she cover She has, I, I will say, she does, she has something a little lar- larger than life. I mean, about her, even just, I don't know. The I way do, they present her. I do think her. something striking about her skin and her, you know, she does have a, a real kind of, glowing otherworldly yeah it is the way they present yeah her, they're but, so eager to make her this angel hero but i could see i just like you can look at uh, yes yeah, she's obviously way too overweight to be a supermodel but you can see like some supermodels they're there because they look different you know they look intense they look really like yeah. beyond two standard deviations yeah. and she does have that extraordinary Look, but I just, I'm not, I, you I'm not saying I think she should be, huh? You're advocating the supermodel title for Stacey Abrams? I just think, I just, I think there is something dramatic about her presence. Of course, yeah, there definitely is. She's and a very tall woman. And that's she's she can, Somebody six foot tall is a woman. She's a big gal and she has an interesting look. She definitely commands attention. There's no doubt about that. And she has a universal look too. Because she does, she yeah. just has a as a, a inter, just like a worldwide kind of a global. Right. She looks like somebody you could uh, could appeal to a global population. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, think that's why they're pushing her too. Like you said, I just think her personality and her her performance does not match that level of of intensity that they present her with. Speaking of larger than life, I got an email that. I tweeted, I took that, I took a screenshot of the email, I cropped it down, like to take my name out or whatever, and I posted it. People didn't believe it was real. And the one person said, I swear sometimes I think they're listening to you. It was donate $25 to the Trump campaign. It started with because you're one of Trump's biggest supporters to me. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I've never given anything to him or anyone who's ever won the presidency. So he, the it's you get a coloring book and it's a coloring book a trump coloring book and on the cover literally has him flying through the air with like superman style so i was i'm looking at it i'm like what is weird about this i was like oh my gosh he's batman he's batman so i tweeted that and like people didn't believe me they thought it was fake but there, he really looked like Superman. Superman I guess they couldn't yeah. go that far, yeah. but he's the Superman in the color. I almost want to give the 25 bucks. I should and send it to my mom. She would love it. You know, I get those <laughs> texts from both sides all the time, too. They all get your phone number somehow, and they just, they've been bombarding it was me an lately. email. I didn't get it from oh, the phone, you, but yeah, it was I get email. the emails and the text now, and sometimes I get phone calls from random numbers that are from campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got maybe a few. My phone's like a spam, email spam inbox at this point with some of these calls that come in. Oh, I was going to tell you about Jake Tapper had uh, a Wisconsin senator on this weekend on State of the Union, a Republican, where they debated Obamagate. And they had a lot that they disagreed with about Obamagate and FISA and all that and who's responsible and who's involved, who's going to be unmasked, who's going to be taken down or whether it's a crackpot conspiracy theory. They did not agree on much. 
The content of what they agreed on, I do not care about. Or what they disagreed on, I do not care about. What I care about is what they agreed on. And they agreed on, and they said it multiple times, that Russia was in fact responsible for hacking and interfering with our election in 2016. Those are the, oh, that's the only point that the both sides agreed on. And they kept emphasizing it. The Russia did it is back, and Russia's going to do it again is back. It started slowly the last couple of weeks. This will be pushed back out front along with this China narrative. So we're seeing these conflicts on the international stage taking prominence hardcore right now. And what was the thing about... Uh, s- the, was Jake Tapper commenting on the Scarborough tweet? Well, oh, that was Brian Stelter. Well, that? Tapper also oh. commented on They all commented on it all day on what all the shows. It? I missed Trump, the story. Trump tweeted hear. implying that Joe Scarborough is a murderer because of what happened <laughs> with his intern. You know, they were good buddies. They, Joe Scarborough and Mika got Trump elected. Yeah. Like, there is that hidden audio. I remember that they were at his party. Do you know the hidden audio, though? The one where he said, don't ask me the questions. Yeah, don't ask me hard questions. And they said, okay, and they didn't. Yeah, but I, I bet that everybody got... does that. I bet they all say, okay, we're not going to ask you hard questions. But they don't. But they were painted as his arch enemies. Yeah, I know. Right. They paint him I'm as I'm just the, saying yeah. they're not his arch enemies. I know. It's yeah. just stupid. It's just a big made up thing. And it doesn't like, oh, but they hate each other now. Come on, open yeah. your eyes. So if you don't know the story, the backstory about Scarborough and the intern and the murder allegation... If you read the same story about him 10 years ago, you would read it in probably the New York Times, the Daily Calls. I got all of my information about this from court records. Because he was a Republican. Yeah, he was a Republican back then. And from liberal websites that hated Joe Scarborough and all were convinced that he was a murderer. He had an intern fall and hit her head in his office and was found. And the medical examiner who declared that it was an accidental death had had like his license taken away in a previous state because he was doing false death certificates. And everything about the story is suspicious. He seems like he was involved in a cover-up if not maybe guilty of what Trump is suggesting. And like I said, the Daily Calls, an article from 2009, is thoroughly convinced that he is guilty, and they lay out a pretty good case in this liberal website that hates Donald Trump. But now, now, when Trump suggests it, Brian Stelter says, Trump's even raising crackpot conspiracy theories implying that Joe Scarborough is a murderer. And then his defense, to say that he's not, he goes, that's insane. And that's it. You know, I think it's funny. Chris Cuomo, George Stephanopoulos, John Miller, Joe Scarborough. These guys move from government to the media back and forth. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they'll say things like the state owned media of Russia. Yeah. Like Hannity Han- so, does that yes, too. But yeah. it, it goes right with the Biden thing, which is Biden, that corruption, it's by the only way to be to not realize how brilliant the, the and how huge the corruption is of the Biden stuff is that you think he's such a moron that he couldn't possibly do it. He yeah. is he is senile like a fox. And we've got lots more to talk about. In the patron 15, I want to give a shout out to Bellamy Fitzpatrick. We just put that interview up and it it took fire. Everybody loves it. Then I read an article about a deadly virus that is sweeping the rabbit population. And I am I am going to talk about that in the patron 15 and how it relates to a reaction I heard to the Bellamy Fitzpatrick. Very interesting. Uh, and I have a story about another story about 
reliable sources where the audio of a guest and video, well, just audio actually, glitched out at a very interesting time. Oh, yes, and yes, yes, you yes. That. You have to tell me that whole story. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and you can join there. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.